Welcome to Care Africast, the show that takes you behind the scenes of care, an international humanitarian organization dedicated to fighting global poverty and providing relief to those in need. I am your host, Kelly Mudusi, and I am thrilled to have you join us on this journey. In this episode, we continue celebrating real-life heroines who are working to ensure that they uplift their communities and strive to make a better life for women and girls. Today, I get to speak with Maggie Banda, the founder and executive director of the Women's Legal Resources Center, WARREC, a Malawian NGO dedicated to empowering women and girls. Established in 2006, Walrek fights for social, economic, and legal justice for women and girls in a country where they often face significant challenges. From limited access to education and healthcare to issues of gender-based violence and economic disparity, the journey towards equality for Malawian women and girls is complex. But Maggie Banda and Walrek are at the forefront of this fight, providing legal aid, promoting economic empowerment initiatives, and advocating for policy changes that create a more just and equitable society. Thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. To start us off, what was the motivation to start Women Legal Resources? Yes. Yeah, actually, it's quite interesting because I'm not a lawyer, I'm a social Mm -hmm. scientist. So my motivation was the fact that I had seen that there was nothing that was happening to women in terms of their access to legal justice. Mm -hmm. So I had been working for an organization uh, Mm -hmm. called Wilsa at that time, Mm -hmm. and they were doing a lot of research and a a lot of advocacy work. But Mm -hmm. I noted that there was a gap when it came to issues of uh, accessing justice for women. Mm. So I felt that it was a gap that needed to be filled. Mm. So I thought that if I could start an organization that could have in-house lawyers mm. and uh, paralegals that mm. would handle cases brought by women. And of course, we had the legal aid department by government, which is, mm-hmm. which has now changed to be called Legal Aid Bureau. But mm-hmm. I noted that uh, most of the times when women went to complain or went to report on their cases, mm. cases mm. would take time to be concluded. Mm. Because of issues of uh, funding, issues of resor- resources, yeah. issues of staffing. And you know what I've seen is that most of the times cases by women are very aged cases. So mm. there are cases that cannot wait. So a woman is being divorced, for example. Mm-hmm. They cannot wait for years and years for their cases to be concluded. A yeah. woman has been deserted and they, her children are looking for maintenance from their father. Those mm-hmm. are aged cases. They cannot wait here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I felt that if I could start an organization that would have in-house lawyers, mm-hmm. that would specifically be there to be handling cases by women. That's amazing. Yeah. And how many women have you been able to impact through the Women's Legal Resource Center? It's actually over 250,000 women that we have impacted yes, yes. of course uh, using different uh, projects not just the yes. legal aid project so one of the things that i also noted mm-hmm. was that women that were coming to us with their legal problems they also mm-hmm. had financial problems mm-hmm. so a woman is getting divorced they are mm-hmm. not working they're not they don't have any a job mm-hmm. or they don't have a business but they need mm-hmm. to survive with the children so i noted that um, 
we also needed to do something about their financial stand. We then started working on issues of economic empowerment for women. That contributes very highly to the numbers that we are reaching out to. We are working with over 1,000 groups of women. So what we do is we promote uh, village savings and loans groups. Mm-hmm. So women come together to save money together, lend that money to each other. Mm-hmm. And then we also provide seed grant. So we noted that most of the savings that women had they were not savings that would really make them to go into businesses of higher returns. Mm. So we felt that if we could be providing at least a seed grant to the women mm. so that they can go into businesses that are more sustainable, mm. business, businesses that will bring more returns, mm. then at least we'll be talking about meaningful economic empowerment for women. Mm. We also have projects that are focusing on reduction of gender-based violence. Mm. And that also contributes to our numbers because yeah. we are working with communities mm-hmm. to address violence against women and prevent it altogether. Yeah. So we are using different approaches mm-hmm. so that uh, there's harmony in the families, they prevent uh, violence, and then, mm. of course, women are also getting economically empowered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you able to give yes. a view of the experience of women yeah. in Maui in terms of inclusion? In terms of inclusion, we noted also that uh, women are not homogeneous. Mm-hmm. So we have diverse groups of women that we are working with. Mm-hmm. So we ensure that uh, we have a proper criteria that talks about deliberate inclusion mm. of different types of women. So we are yeah. working with women with disabilities on preventing violence against women and girls. Mm. We also work with women with HIV and AIDS so yeah. that they can also benefit uh, from the interventions. Yeah. We work with young women, mm-hmm. yeah, because we also noted that they have their own particular challenges yeah. as young women. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we are working with diverse groups of women, mm-hmm. ensuring that we are able to cater for their own needs. That's great to see the inclusion that's going on within the companies and even how you're doing it with collaboration. Can you tell us about the mission and the objectives of Women's Legal Resources Center? Our mission is to promote, safeguard, and increase access to social, mm-hmm. economic, mm-hmm. and legal justice mm-hmm. for women and girls in Malawi. So mm-hmm. as I said, that uh, the initial thinking was about legal justice. Mm -hmm. But then we diversified to include social justice issues and economic justice issues. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of our mission, we say that we want to have a society that is able to recognize, respect, Mm -hmm. and protect women's rights. Then in terms of our objectives, we focus on reduction of gender-based violence. Mm. We also focus on reduction of uh, harmful Mm. cultural practices and norms that Mm. perpetuate marginalization of women and girls. We focus on increasing access to productive resources for women. In this case, Mm. we're talking about land, we're talking about income, we're talking about credit, and also we focus on legal and policy reforms. And the last one, we focus on women's leadership. Mm. So we want to ensure that women are involved in making decisions that affect their lives. And in this case, we are talking about all levels. So community Mm. level, local government level, national Mm. levels. Mm. And uh, of course, we also belong to other networks. 
yeah. uh, such as Council for Non-Governmental Organizations of Malawi. Mm -hmm. We belong to a network also for local CSOs working on issues of gender, which is called mm -hmm. Angel Gender Connection Network. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually uh, the current chair of that network. It's composed mm -hmm. of uh, 54 local angels. And then we also act as the secretariat mm -hmm. for a women's manifesto movement, which was actually co-created by ourselves with Oxfam and with Hibos. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the work that we are doing in terms of networking and collaboration. Given your, your extensive experience in addressing gender-based violence, as you have previously mentioned, could yes. you give us some of the key challenges and successes you've encountered, particularly mm -hmm. in emergency responses situations like Tropical Cyclone Freddy? Okay, so I'll start with the challenges. One of the things that we noted as a challenge mm. was the issue of reporting. Mm. So within emergencies, especially mm. when they have just happened, most mm. of the times people don't know where they can go and report. Because mm. in any case, there would have been no reporting mechanisms at that level, mm. apart from the normal reporting mechanisms that would have been there before the crisis. So you find that... Uh, most of the times people would be in caps. And what we noted as a challenge was that while as different stakeholders were coming into the camps, the immediate needs like food, water, but mm. uh, in terms of GBV issues, they were not being tackled. So mm. there were no specific interventions being made on the issues of GBV. Mm. So obviously there was also no reporting mechanisms and people didn't even know such things happen where they should go and seek support. Mm -hmm. We also felt there was a challenge in terms of access to legal services where there were no legal mechanisms put in place to ensure that people know what the laws are saying, mm -hmm. how they are protected by the laws, and where they can go and mm -hmm. seek legal services. But also other challenges were to do with operational challenges. Mm -hmm. Just to get to where people are was also a challenge in the lower districts in southern Malawi where there is low attitude you find that roads were cut mm. so obviously the access to the same was not through vehicles anymore so it needed to either you go by boats or you go by air to access mm. such kind of areas yeah. but also in some cases men and women were forced to sleep in same camps mm -hmm. not just in same camps but same classrooms mm -hmm. in same tents because mm -hmm. uh the space was also not enough for all. That mm. also created vulnerability for women. Mm. So the risk of GBV was also high. We we still had, of course, successes after the interventions that uh, we made, mm -hmm. especially with care. So care came in to provide resources for us mm -hmm. as a women's-led organization because they were also interested to work with women's-led organizations. Mm -hmm. So they came in and uh, provided support in terms of our work. Yeah. what we could do within those uh, emergency situations. Mm -hmm. So as OREC, we started doing gender dialogues. Mm -hmm. So those proved as a success because they provided an opportunity for women, for men to engage. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just talk about GBV. What is causing mm -hmm. GBV? How can they tackle the same? What kind of support they can provide to each other so that in the end, they're able to prevent GBV altogether within the camps. Yeah. Another success was that we were able to provide also capacity building to key protection committees. So at village level, we had protection committees at area level, which is like higher level than the village. All these committees had to be trained 
in order to know how they can handle cases of GBV as they come to them. And then not only that, as Warwick, we also supported, using uh, resources from care, we supported coordination at district level. Mm. So we noted that there was no coordination, especially on issues of protection. So coordination was happening somewhere for people that were distributing food, water, and all that. Mm. But coordination in terms of people that were dealing with issues like GBV, it was really a challenge. So we came in supporting monthly meetings for the coordination committees so that they could meet and discuss what is happening. The protection cluster for them to meet would come in, provide the resources, ensure mm. that uh, issues of or issues of GBV are being discussed. And then we yeah. agree as stakeholders, how are we going to address these issues? So in that way, it really helped survivors of GBV to mm. receive the necessary support. Because we also came up with our own referral system to say, okay, when a case is reported, where else should it be referred to? Should mm -hmm. it be referred to the social welfare office? Should it be referred to the DCs or to the magistrate court? Things like that, or to the victim support unit. So in the end, it also ensured that the survivors were receiving the necessary support. Yeah. Issues of lack of implementation of our gender-related laws. I think Malawi has been very good in terms of enacting the laws. So we we are proud that we have laws like Malawi Gender Equality Act. We have laws like Prevention of Domestic Violence Act. We have laws like Marriage, Divorce, and Family Relations Act. We have so many other laws that are really protective of women's mm -hmm. rights and gender. But implementation still remains a big challenge. Yeah. where you find that even the institutions that are supposed to be using those laws, they don't know what those laws are providing for. Yeah. I remember there was a case that we were handling on issues of uh, domestic violence and our legal officer had gone to a court and then she was quoting what the Prevention of Domestic Violence Act says. Mm -hmm. And then here was a magistrate that didn't know what mm -hmm. this act was all, all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you find that sometimes things happen at national level. Laws are enacted, mm -hmm. but for them to go down to where they're supposed to be used that yeah. also remains a challenge yes you yeah. mentioned how you dedicated 17 years to yes, gender yes. and women's rights in malawi what keeps yes motivated? okay i think uh, my motivation comes from two angles one is the fact that though change takes time Mm. But we have seen some changes in yeah. the work that we are doing. Mm. At least we can show that where there are no interventions, people are different to where interventions are taking place. And we have actually seen that sometimes people come to the intervention areas and copy and say, okay, even if a project doesn't come to our village, but at least we should learn something from the villages where interventions are, are taking place. So that keeps me motivated because I've seen that change is possible. Mm. As long as you are dedicated, you are committed, as long as you, you use the right tools and the right methodologies, change mm. can happen. Mm. And then another thing that keeps me motivated is the fact that there's still a high need of our services. We still have a lot that we still need to be doing to see yeah. a change in women's lives and girls' lives. Yeah. So as long as the need is high and is there, mm. our services are still relevant. Yeah. And that keeps me going because I know that if I stop, what is going to happen to those women and girls that we stand for? I still see that there are voices that need to be heard mm. by people in authority, by people in high level influencing positions 
sometimes there are no voices to speak for them. Yeah. So I feel that we are there as people that can speak for those that cannot speak for themselves. Is there yes. any particular story that really catches your heart of the impact World Rec is doing? There are a number of stories that I'm saying. I'll just pick some stories from our economic empowerment interventions. Yeah. We have seen women that had literally nothing in terms mm-hmm. of survival, in terms of livelihoods. Mm-hmm. But once they started being in groups that mm-hmm. we create, the mm-hmm. savings and loans, and they started saving money together and started lending that money to each other, they mm-hmm. now knew that they can do something with their lives. Mm-hmm. We have seen women sending their children to school because now they have money for school fees. We have seen women constructing or building homes. We have seen women going into leadership positions within communities because their economic status has improved. Mm. Because what we have also seen is that when economic status has improved, mm. your social status also improves. Mm. So the way community will view a woman who is economically empowered will be different from the way they are going to view a woman who has nothing. In terms of influencing at national level, I would give examples to say that right now we have mm-hmm. a gender balanced cabinet that is based on the Maui Gender Equality Act. Mm-hmm. The story is traced back to the Women's Manifesto movement, the advocacy work that we did. Because yeah. apart from the dialogues that we had with our president before he was elected and mm-hmm. after he was elected, mm-hmm. when we felt that those dialogues were not yielding the results that we were expecting, mm-hmm. we went on the streets as mm-hmm. Women's Manifesto movement and mm-hmm. demanded that the Malawi Gender Equality Act has to be implemented. Yeah. And we have seen that happen, yes. Yeah. So even like last year when the president came up with his cabinet, he actually said, we have used the Malawi Gender Equality Act. So to us, it's a success story because it shows that our advocacy is unique. Yeah, that's wonderful. What are your aspirations and goals for World Rec in the future? Okay, so for the future, we really see ourselves to be the lead women's rights NGO, Mm. a go-to organization Mm -hmm. that when people Mm -hmm. have issues to do with women's rights, Mm -hmm. they can easily call upon Oreg and say, can you help us? Can you you support us on this and all that? So we really want to develop ourselves as a think tank where we are like a deposit of expertise that when people are grappling with issues of women's rights or gender equality, they should be Mm -hmm. able to come to Oreg and get that necessary support. Yeah, We still want to do a lot of uh, advocacy Mm -hmm. in ensuring that we are bringing the issues that people don't know from the ground to the high level. We still want to influence policies Mm -hmm. that address women's real needs. Yeah. That's great to, to hear. We are so glad that we're able to partner with you who is doing yes. amazing and transforming work among the lives of women and girls. Thank um, you. Is there mm-hmm. any final remark that you would like to share? Yeah. I wanted to also talk about the humanitarian crisis. For me, when the cyclone happened in 2023, it showed mm-hmm. us how weak we are as women's rights organizations in terms of responding to such mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. I, I recall sitting at home, mm-hmm. knowing that things had happened, but not knowing how do we start and where do we start from? What should we do? Yeah. So I think it's something that we also need to start working on it seriously mm-hmm. as women's rights organizations. And I think that's where we think Kamalawi came and then started working with us. Mm-hmm. Because for us, we're saying, okay, we are talking about cycle last year. What mm-hmm. other crises are going to be there? 
So yeah. we should be able to have the capacity to say whatever crisis that will be there, we should be able to be the best responders to it and say, mm -hmm. how are we going to take care of women's issues, gender issues that are coming along? Thanks. Thanks for sharing with us, Maggie. Such a good close remark for us to consider in the humanitarian crisis. Maggie Banda and Warwick has become a beacon of hope, tirelessly advocating for justice and equality. Their commitment to uplifting women from all walks of life, regardless of their circumstances, is truly commendable. As we continue on our journey towards gender equality and social justice, let us draw inspiration from the remarkable work of women like Maggie Banda and let us each play our part in creating a world where every woman and girl can thrive. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Care Africast. I am your host, Kelly Mudusi, and until next time, let us keep empowering each other to build a brighter future for all.